I guess uh, probably uh, maybe I've mentioned that before. Probably most of you know that that song was written by my mom's uh, brother uh, Steve, who was killed in Vietnam in uh, 1968 as a very young man. I think was he 22 or 23 years old at the time, and he he wrote that as a as a poem, and then. Uh, my mom's sister and another friend wrote the music later. And uh, I guess, yeah, it's important to remember that uh, regardless of our age, Steve was was a man who took his faith seriously. And although God didn't give him a lot of years, he, uh, he was very concerned for uh, the soul salvation of of uh, people around him, uh, even as a as a teenager, as a young man, and in, in, in the service, he was he was in the U.S. Marine Corps as a medic. Was, was uh, what he did uh, at the last there. Uh, of course, the medics are uh, one of the most dangerous jobs in the in the military. Uh, there are people who have to be uh, completely selfless in in saving the lives of others. And I think that's a, a, a real example for us. I think a lot of the medics have tended to be Christian people who who would rather help than to kill. So. Just listen, <clears throat> I listened to an audio book not too long ago about uh, the flag raisers of Iwo Jima, the, probably one of the most famous pictures of all time, the picture of the men raising a flag on the island, the U.S. flag on the island of Iwo Jima. And uh, the story was written uh, about the only one of those uh, men who who lived to an old age. We know that the you might say the horrors of war are are uh, really uh, really hard for for most people to deal with, and and if you look at the story of the those Marines who fought in the Pacific and, and other places, but the the things they had to go through were, were incredible. That uh, that uh, a lot of those uh, men, there was the vast majority of their company was killed, and and uh, they were living just living in mud and and uh, bugs. I think most of them ended up with malaria and other tropical diseases, and and uh, after the war, and and even during the war, they had all sorts of sicknesses. And besides, they're trying to trying to kill the Japanese, and the Japanese are trying to kill them. And and anyway, the I think it's good for us to remember the that there's a lot of people who who gave their life and. Even if they didn't die, they they still gave the best of their life for uh, for the cause of freedom and things that we can so easily take for granted. But anyway, that uh, I just recently listened to a story about the this one one of the flag raiser men on, from that picture who who. Uh, Lived to an old age, and and uh, his his kids hardly even knew uh, anything about what he had done during the war. Because I think that's like a lot of the people who suffered through those kind of uh, just horrendous situations. They the best way they found to deal with it was to just try to completely forget about it and uh, never talk to anybody about it. <coughs> but. Uh, so in, in some ways, for those people, I think it was almost better, easier if they were killed than than to have to live with uh, 
the horrors of what they saw and experienced. And, uh, so who knows for <coughs> for my uncle Steve? Uh, I know he wasn't in Vietnam very long. Was it a month or three weeks? Three weeks he was in Vietnam and he was killed. He did write some letters and to a few people from there. And one of the things that might seem amazing is that that a lot of those men who were they realized that they there's a very good chance they were going to be killed. That they I guess people will either go one of two ways, either if you hear about a savior, Jesus You'll either believe him, and, and those kind of situations can make you cling to uh, hope beyond this world. But the unfortunate thing is a lot of the people in those wartime situations just decided to just live in the moment, make the most of it, and get drunk or use drugs as much as they could, or just uh, just fight against and turn away from God completely and and uh, and that's uh, it's really unfortunate but I guess that's the that's the way our human nature is that regardless of our circumstances we're we're uh, when we hear about Jesus we'll either accept it and receive it or else uh, or else our our, if our human nature has its way, we'll just fight against it with everything we have and uh, and even hate the people who brought the message to us. And, and throughout the Bible, that's what we see. We, Jesus himself and all the... First, all the prophets in the Old Testament... Uh, I think they were all they were all hated and persecuted by most people. Even even the chosen people, the Hebrews, the, the Jews, they as a rule they they hated the prophets. They hated the truth and fought against it throughout history. And then we see Jesus Himself. Same thing happened. And then even from Jesus going forward to present day, nothing has changed. Uh, in our, even in our country around us, we haven't suffered physical persecution, but we are seeing, as our as our uh, Western world is turning away from Christianity, we're seeing uh, that hatred coming coming closer to to the surface. You might say the. People who uh, would like to get rid of Christianity, they'll embrace any any sort of uh, any sort of an understanding. But but to have a, a God who is omnipotent uh, and who has a Son who's our, who's sent to be our Savior, the vast majority of people they just can't deal with that. They and they just don't want to hear anything about it, and they would like to get rid of the whole idea if they could. But uh, but we know that God's will is done, even today, and in this world around us, and and uh, pray that each of us could be given strength and whatever we need to to do God's will with our lives and in spite of what we are as humans I'm going to just continue with the last couple times I was reading in the book of Acts and so I'll just continue there in the third chapter of Acts the, the book of Acts is is kind of Kind of a comprehensive uh, story of the beginning of, of uh, what we know as the Christian Church, and uh, so many things that happened and are recorded there are 
directly applicable to our lives today. So I'm going to just, uh, I'll just read this uh, Acts uh, chapter 3. Pray that God would, would give each of us uh, something from it. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked, and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though we by our own power or holiness had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up, and denied him in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God did before had showed, which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me, him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you, and turning away every one of you from his iniquities. I'll just continue a little bit into the fourth uh, chapter here too. The story just kind of carries on there. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came unto them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached Jesus, preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in the hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. 
Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about five thousand. And it came to pass on the morrows that the morrow that the, their rulers and elders and scribes, and Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in their midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he has made whole, be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, even whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which the builder, which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them, that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could find nothing, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed a notable, for that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them, that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye, but we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all, for all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above forty years old, on whom this miracle of healing was showed. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of the servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatever, whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there among them any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joses, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is by interpret being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite and of the country of Cyprus, having land sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Amen. So when Jesus uh, left, he 
he had uh, ascended into heaven a little while before this, and and uh, the the believers were instructed to to tarry in Jerusalem to wait there until they were given power from on high. And we see that they were they gathered together and they were in prayer and they were given some power to uh, do some miracles we see that that uh, Peter and John in this story they went to the temple and they were poor men and even if they hadn't been completely poor to start with, they after traveling with Jesus, they hadn't had a job, so to speak, for a long time. And, and so they were just, they didn't have any money at all. And uh, so they saw this man begging. We don't have a lot of these type of people on the street here in this part of the world, you know, some parts of the world, there, India and, and uh, places like that, there's thousands of beggars who are just like this man. They, a lot of Africa, there isn't any, let's say, social systems to to take care of people like that. You just uh, have to get by, and if you don't, well, you just die. But uh, that's how it was in, in these days. This man was probably about my age, just past 40, and and uh, he had been lame his whole life. He'd never been able to walk. He had to be carried wherever he went. And, and uh, even with Jesus, so we see they... Jesus healed many people of many physical ailments, but the, the most important thing was the salvation of their souls, to heal their their souls and to give them uh, peace in their mind and and uh, assurance of hope beyond this world. And there again, in this case. They, they did physically heal the man, and, and I believe even today uh, God is able to heal physically. He doesn't always, but uh, I think probably all of us have heard of people uh, who have been miraculously healed of some of something. And... Uh, and the most important thing is that that if that happens, that the glory would go to God and uh, through Jesus Christ, and that that's where the the praise would be. <laughs> Peter makes it very clear that that uh, it's in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that he commands this man to rise up and walk. And he took the man by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping stood up he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. We tend to People my age just generally don't do a lot of, of uh, leaping like that. It's, uh, but it, I think it, it portrays to us that this wasn't just uh, when God does something, He doesn't just do it barely good enough. He does it to the fullness. And we see that this man, he wasn't just barely able to hobble, but but he was he was given full strength and. And, uh, and uh, as, as a little child, we see the little kids, like the little boys there, they, 
they do a lot of running and leaping all the time. That's that's about all they do. It seems like they they hardly ever walk at a at a slow pace. And uh, and uh, but there but there's really a spiritual parallel to this too. Is that that uh, for people who are caught in sin as as all of us humans we tend to get bogged down with the world or unbelief and and uh, we find that as humans we are the Bible uses all sorts of parallels that that we would find pretty uh, offensive that it calls people sheep and uh, and uh, that we are all like sheep we've all gone astray that uh, humans are are uh, so prone to to our various weaknesses that that uh, we we just don't have strength of ourselves to to be uh, everything we should be, and uh, each of us has different different weaknesses, but. Uh, but whatever it is, each of us needs, we need the, the power of God through Jesus to, to help us to, to overcome those things. And most especially to believe. It's, it's not something that we of ourselves can do to believe in this Savior Jesus. As I said before, our, our, our natural tendency is to, is to just think that we can do it all on our own and, Or other times, people will just give up. They, they re- when they realize that we can't do it on their own, our our nature then is to just give up and and just uh, say that it's impossible. And so that's where we see people without without God usually go one of the two ways. So this man was laying here lame Peter caught his eye we we know that uh, anytime we're trying to talk to someone you'll usually look in their eyes and and there's a lot can be said just just through the eyes and the demeanor this man at first he was just hoping to receive maybe a few coins or uh, or a little uh, bit of food or or something like that because that's what he had had done his whole life just uh just barely barely scraped by and uh but peter once peter talks to him he there's something that this man i'm sure hadn't even thought of that that Maybe these men would have the ability to to give them something much, so much more than just the sustenance for a few hours. But Peter immediately commands that in the name of Jesus Christ he should rise up and walk. And he also says he, I'm sure the man was in disbelief when he heard that. And Peter also took him by the hand and lifted him up. We know even Peter was a—he was a very bold man, very uh, aggressive, and and uh, as far as natural men go, he's—he was uh, very. Uh, I guess bold would be the word, and you can remember how he, when he was walking with Jesus, he he uh, asked Jesus even if he could walk on the sea, on the water, as Jesus was walking on the water, and Jesus said, "Yeah, come, come, come to me." And then Peter looked around, and, and Peter even you see that he, once he was on the water, he had second thoughts and he he started to sink 
When Peter, uh, Jesus reached out his hand and took Peter by the hand and, and we see the same thing happening here that uh, Peter following the example of Christ took this man by the hand and and uh, lifted him up and it says immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength and he leaping up stood and walked entering with them into the temple walking and leaping and praising God and I think the, for, for all Christians that's something that by the grace of God we pray that, that we could do that if there are people who are having struggles or or whatever that we could reach out to them and they say it's only it could only be through Christ in us that that we can do this rightly but but to take people by the hand and help them if we can whatever whatever way we can but most especially by encouraging them to believe in Jesus and and uh but even naturally, I think we can we can uh, encourage one another by by discussing and as James says, confessing our faults one to another, praying one for another. That that uh, it's so easy for each of us to think that our our struggles are unique to us. That that it. Uh, Nobody else really has had the same struggles or temptations that we have. But but if we can talk about these things and confess our weakness one to another, we'll probably realize that that other people have had the same same thoughts and weaknesses and temptations and and struggles. And then we can encourage one another and lift each other up. So then after this, after this wonderful uh, thing happened, this man was healed. We see the, the priests and the these these people who were you might say they were uh, they were religious but uh, they didn't have Jesus they 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 didn't know Jesus they they had a had a form of religion they were in fact they were right at the top the uh, high priests here and the, the rulers of the of the Jewish people in the synagogue, they had these synagogues in all their towns, and they had a real well-established hierarchy there. And as we see, that's part of human nature too: is that we we whether we want to or, or try to or not, we end up getting what we call a pecking order, and some people through aggressiveness or or uh, organizational skills or whatever some people manage to end up right at the top and that's how these priests were there's a certain amount of luck involved maybe that some people are born into it and and uh, other people they they're able to work their way to the top All right, but that's that's where these high priests were they had they were uh, They had been, they thought, at the top of their world. And then just Jesus came along and they saw him as a threat because he had, many people were following him. We know that many people also hated Jesus, but but these these high priests, they, they wanted, they were really jealous and they wanted everybody, every Jew to to be under their thumb and under their control and and uh, they didn't really have any use. In fact, they were they were ready to do anything to get rid of somebody who would take away some of their some of their uh, 
authority. And so they they saw this man healed and everybody that had seen this, nobody could really find anything wrong with it. But uh, in fact, most people thought it was a wonderful thing that this, this man had been healed. But these these priests and the, and the rulers in Israel they they were concerned that that if if this uh, kept on happening everybody would start following Jesus and and all their followers would be lost uh, to them and so they they decided they'd better try and try and nip it in the bud. And as Christians, it, when we read this, we, we wonder how they could be so foolish because we know that they had tried to do that with Jesus. They tried to kill him and get rid of him. And, and same with all the prophets throughout the Old Testament. They, they were continually trying to get rid of these prophets and, and uh, men of God. And you would think that after a while they would learn, but I guess... Humans, we don't really ever learn. So they... Peter takes the the, the opportunity here to, to preach about Jesus. He, he, tells, he tells them exactly what they did, how they've killed him. How that even Pilate, the Roman ruler was determined to let Jesus go but that the that the it was the Jewish leaders who who really pushed to get rid of him and how he even though they put Jesus to death Jesus rose again and and ended up fulfilling the things that that they were trying to that they were trying to not allow to happen Jesus ended up fulfilling them anyways and tries to give them the benefit of the doubt even to say that he, he that it, they hopefully they did it in ignorance that they, surely they'll they'll follow Jesus now but uh, and I think even as Christians that's that would be our, our, our hope all the time would be that people would surely now people would hear Jesus that, that they would that they would see and that they would have a need for a savior and and sometimes they do but but that would be our hope always that people that in previous times they had done it in ignorance that but but there there is still hope that that we could turn to Jesus and believe but that didn't happen here we see that the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees they all laid hands on John and, and Peter and they put him in a hold they had some kind of a prison cell there that they were able to put him in overnight to try and figure out what they could do and, they keep, and then they ask him again that by what power or what name you have done this, Peter has been very clear all along exactly who it was, that it was Jesus Christ who, whose power had made this man to walk. He said that right from the time he, he, he told the man to walk that it was in the name of Jesus and he told them again and now he's telling them for at least the third time that it was Jesus Christ and, and, Jesus, and the power of Jesus that that made this lame man to walk. He says uh, in 4.10, Be it known to you, to you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of 
Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you, you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. I don't think you could say it any more plain than that. It says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. See that most of the disciples of uh, Jesus were what they called unlearned and ignorant men, just common people, fishermen and carpenters and just average people. There's a lot of uh, prevailing thought in uh, churches nowadays that if anybody's going to really do anything for for Jesus, you got to have some kind of a university degree and and uh, know all about hermeneutics and and uh, um, uh, quite an extensive understanding of of uh, theolo- uh, theology and psychology and and uh, all these other things and if you're going to pastor a big church you probably want to have a, at least a master's degree or a PhD or something after your name but originally that wasn't how Jesus laid it out that uh, we see that that the church was was mostly built on just average people who believed and they told the people they came into contact about Jesus and and it just went from one person to another we see that that there were there were a few there were a very few who were highly educated uh, we see the Saul of Tarsus who became known as the Apostle Paul he, he was highly educated there was uh uh, Martin Luther, maybe a few people like that. One in one in the millions of of, uh, of Christians who who is extremely highly educated. But the vast majority of believers have uh, have just been common people, and that's and that's how Peter and, and John were. They they had boldness and they. And they just simply told of Jesus and what Jesus had done for them, and that's and that's how that's how God laid it out for for the church to to be carried on. Of these other men who were in opposition, most of them were highly educated: the, the chief priests and leaders and the Sadducees and Pharisees and that they you didn't get to those positions without without extensive learning and and uh, training and uh, and even today often that's how it is people get uh, their education can actually get in the way of of faith and uh, I've said it before here, but I, I met a man down in Astoria some years ago who he was a he had grown up as a Christian man and he had gone to university and studied psychology and and he was a he wanted to be a counselor for people to help people and so he had he had gone through the whole program and and uh, got his degree and and he said that he he found that when he actually got into helping people that uh, he had to basically unlearn everything that he had learned in university to actually be a Christian counselor. He had to basically forget everything that he had learned in uh, in university and college to be able to help people as as uh, Christ would, would have him do. And I think that's a lot of times how it can be. I won't say that that higher education is unnecessary, but but uh, we know that even in this part of the world, the uh, the universities and 
that are hi- most highly respected in the in North America, actually in the Western world, places like Oxford and um, Harvard, Cambridge, Stanford, all the all the the top universities were founded by Christian men and on Christian principles and, and under the understanding that the, those universities, the, the original intention was to, to, to make people literate and to, to make them knowledgeable, most, first and foremost, in the Word of God and uh, Christian principles. And at that time, science itself was, was founded by mostly by Christian men because Christianity has never been opposed to learning but at this point now we can see that those universities have over the years almost completely reversed to the point where they're those uh, what were once uh, Christian uh, organizations they, they are now almost uh, exclusively fighting against Christianity and, and uh, biblical truth. And, uh, and that's human, human nature and human progression, I guess, is that way that... that uh, and that's why we shouldn't trust in, in these uh, natural institutions, you might say, but we have to trust in uh, the Word of God, trust in that God can give us faith each day and seek seek for that pray for that, that that God would give us just strength for each day we see here in uh, 416 or so the these chief priests and they decided they'll just threaten Peter and John warn them not to speak in the name of Jesus or teach at all in the name of Jesus. These were the highly educated men who were, of course, mostly looking out for themselves. They had no concern for the people. They had apparently no concern for anything beyond this world other than enjoying life and and the power and money that it brought them. They didn't really have any basis for why these disciples shouldn't talk about Jesus, but they just commanded them not to. It says, Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. It seems ridiculous that, that these unlearned men would would have to tell the priests that does it seem logical that we should <clears throat> listen to some men or should we listen to God? We, that should, that's an easy thing to judge. They say, we can, for we cannot but speak the, th- the things that we have seen and heard. We see that a lot of times these people who are in positions of power and, and that, they'll, they'll, even today, whether it's in politics or in churches or or uh, whatever position business leaders are continually saying things that are hypocritical and, and, uh, and that any child could could see is is uh, ridiculous and they'll they'll say them on uh, you know public uh, news and uh, press statements and whatnot say things that are completely illogical that a small child could could see the foolishness of it. And it was the same here in the 2,000 years ago. Peter and John say, we, how can we say anything but the things that we have seen and heard? So these these priests they gave their empty threatenings and and uh, sent Peter and John on their way. And Peter and John they went back to the it says to their company. The, all the people were gathered. 
And they had a lot of fellowship at that time. There was, sounds like there was a few people that had property and were well off and, and everybody was gathering at their houses and, and they, they got, they spent a lot of time in prayer and fellowship and, and, uh, so they went, they went back and they discussed what had happened and, says all the believers, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Who, who by the mouth of thy David, thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? And you can see that that's what the, the, these chief priests, they might have been called a priest, and uh, leaders of a, of a church, but they were heathens. They were they were people that were imagining vain things, foolishness. The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ. We see that Pontius Pilate and kings of the earth, the rulers, they were all gathered together against the Lord. Historically, we know that the Roman Empire controlled that whole, basically all of the known world at that time. And, and we can read in the, later on how, how uh, the Apostle Paul, Paul ended up going all the way to Caesar, who was the most powerful man in the, in the world at that point. Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate and he told, Jesus told Pontius Pilate that you would have no power except it be given from above. And uh, Pilate really couldn't disagree with that. It, it, was, uh, it was apparent. And, and that's what we see here, that uh, the kings of the earth, the rulers, whether they were the secular rulers or the religious rulers, they were all gathered together against Jesus We know that they tried to persecute them. The, the Roman Empire made it official policy to to persecute Christians and and uh, along with the, the Jews. But still, God God still protected them. And uh, and historically, even we can we can see that a lot of times under the greatest persecution is when the church has has grown and thrived and the fellowship increases and. I don't know sometimes if I should, Raiden and I have talked about that even, whether we should pray for for harder times, I think in some ways could be better for us, that uh, if we would have more need for fellowship, for gathering together, it seems, seems for Raiden and I, even in our short lifetime, there's there's uh, been a falling away of of the need for fellowship, and it's not just other people; it's it's ourselves too. That uh, everybody wants to be independent and do our own thing all the time, and and uh, not don't want to impose on anybody else by visiting them, or or uh, that's the thought, anyways. And and it's not good that. Uh, But the the key is they prayed here and they prayed earnestly and uh, and they prayed to God. It said they said, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thy hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. This is, uh, even in the Old Testament, it says that uh, if my people, which are called by my name, so humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, that then will God hear from heaven and heal your land. And that's that's how it is, I guess. The, the, 
whether it's Old Testament or this is right at the start of the church or even today, if we will humbly pray to God, that's when God a lot of times will will work and he'll he's able to work and he he knows that the praise will go to him. When they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. The multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. be good for all of us to pray to pray that God would give us boldness in preaching the word a lot of times I think it is people are given the most boldness obviously when God gives when God gives it to them but when we have humility is when God can really work with us and uh, with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all there's uh, we see that at this time even though in spite of the threatenings from the church and the government, Peter and John and the other apostles, and I think all of the people, it says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with boldness, that they, even though they, they were threatened and, and say these various uh, authorities in the world were telling them, don't, don't say anything about Jesus, they, they, they speak boldly, we see, after this, how how uh, many of them were thrown into prison, and and uh, the persecution got such that that uh, they had to leave Jerusalem. They uh, tra- they were uh, chased down like we might some of us might hunt a hunt a wild uh, deer or whatever. That's the kind of the position these Christians were in, but but they weren't but they weren't afraid. They were they were given boldness, and and everywhere they went, they they told people about Jesus, and and uh, and there were people there were other people who who had a need for that, and and that's how the the Christian church spread throughout the throughout the world. times I think as Christians we can have a completely different by the grace of God a completely different attitude to to certain situations and even uh, not that it's very much of a hardship but in a way Raven and I we both kind of appreciate it if the, if the power goes out sometimes it's kind of a nice break for you or even if the internet goes down which is more common if you don't have any internet, you, it's kind of a kind of a relief almost that like you can just focus on living a little bit and uh, just forget about that for for a little while. And uh, here a couple of weeks ago, and probably a lot of you heard about uh, in Actville the 
that a farmer with a big seed drill and a tractor went through town and knocked down uh, a lot of the power lines and uh, phone and internet uh, lines that are all overhead in the town of Eckville. He went into town and took a took a left uh, heading west then and I think he came from the south and headed west uh, knocked on anyway the whole the whole town was out of power and internet and phone there a couple of Sundays ago and uh, so then on the internet there most people were complaining about it and making accusations and whatever but this one lady said said that uh, she wanted to, to thank uh, the farmer for giving her a wonderful day uh, with her kids without any other distractions so I thought that's if as Christians if we can if we can look at the blessings that God can give us even in what we might think is a hard time that uh that sometimes our plans are are thrown out the window uh, by what we uh, what we weren't planning on, anyways. And if we can if we can look at the blessings that are that are in the moment and uh, what uh, what God can do through that, it's I think it it's really a blessing to our life. Because there, there's never any shortage of things to complain about, but but in reality, and especially in this world we live in, there's there's so much more, so many more blessings that we can't even count them all. Every day, every moment of every day, uh, that uh, I think we we should. It's good if we could all pray that that God would would help us to see the blessings and and a little bit more and to. To overlook a little bit more of the complaining about uh, about the things that might we might think are hindering us, and and I'm as bad as anybody. I I get frustrated with lately. I've had lawnmowers that won't run, and and all sorts of things that just seem like they're not quite going the way. You, you'd want them to you expect that it should just work and it just doesn't and and uh, it's it's frustrating but I, so I pray that God could could open my eyes to the blessings that that are around me because like I say it's probably a thousand blessings for every for every little bump in the road that I have and and I think for most of us, if we if we could really even for a moment see the blessings that God has given us, we would be amazed that that we are so uh, so blind to them most of the time. But I pray that you know, that God would would give each of us uh, that humility to to seek seek His will that He could make manifest Jesus in our life, that Jesus would be not just a man that lived 2,000 years ago, but but that he would be our savior, that he would be our hope in this world and even beyond this world, that he would change our lives, make us different than and better. Not, not better in that we're better than that other people in the world but but that he could make us a light in the world and an example to the world that that if there's any that don't know Jesus that they would that they would be wanting they would ask us what what we have that that gives us this hope and I pray that we would have boldness to tell them of the hope that lies within us through Jesus Christ may God uh, add his blessing to the reading of his word and and that it would be to to our to our edification in this life and uh, to eternal eternal uh, hope beyond this life amen
Now may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and may the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The service will be followed with a picnic, potluck picnic lunch here. For everyone who wants to stay, they're welcome to. Does anyone have a song they'd like to continue with? Three forty six. Three forty six. Three forty six.